We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome to the Run ATL Podcast. It is my extreme good fortune to host this audio escapade. I do not do it alone. D2, happy holidays to you too. I am so glad you are here. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Happy holidays to you and to all of our listeners. Indeed, it is the season for sure. Not just for gift wrapping and gift buying, but also for the pedestrian active lifestyle. In fact, I think some would rightly say that it is their mileage more so than their shopping or some of the holiday partying that keeps them sane as they make their way to the first of 2019. Yeah, I know that, uh, you know, we've got a lot of people that are, that are probably still training for a marathon and, uh, you know, trying to get, you know, qualified. We, we, um, we actually, uh, you know, had a race this past weekend at the uh, East Line uh, East Side uh, 10K with the Atlanta Belt Line folks. Well, and I want to actually talk to you about that because for those who are not still training for a marathon or don't have something this month or perhaps in the first couple of months of next year, this can be the time of year when it becomes so darn difficult because of the schedule, because of the commitments that have been made, maybe because of some free time that is very much deserved, or certainly because of the weather, more darkness, temperatures that are much colder, and weather conditions oftentimes that are consistent with what we should get in the winter, but not necessarily what we want in our running routine. You and many of our friends proved this past weekend that if you prevail, if you push through, you will be better for it. Tell us a little bit about that great Eastside 10K you were part of. Well, you know, as you know, we knew going into even Friday night that rain was expected and that, you know, there was potential, you know, uh, you know, rain for race morning. And so it was like, okay, well, what do you, you know, it's always that question, like, how do you prepare? What do you wear? What do you, you know, what do you, you know, what do you wear for a race that's, that's going, you know, you're going to have rain and you never know how much rain until the morning of. And, you know, I, there was that part of me, I was like going, you know, cause you wake up, alarm goes off and you can hear it's raining. It's not sprinkling. It's, it's a good downpour. And, and this like, is not a summer rain. No, no. I mean, it was like, you know, low to mid fifties. So it's, it's a cold rain. And, you know, there was that part of me, that voice in, in my head that said, yeah, do I really want to go out and run and, and, and do this race? And, uh, you know, but uh, you know, there's enough people that knew that I'd signed up. So I figured, well, if I'm going to get... I'm going to get crap if I don't show up, if I that bail is, out. That is good peer pressure exactly. right there. Um, so, yeah, so I ended up, uh, you know, uh, getting dressed. I had a, a light, uh, you know, kind of a rain jacket, wind jacket, uh, shorts, and my singlet. I figured, you know, the rain would probably subside and it'd be sprinkles by the time, you know, start of the race. And uh, it did, it, it never really, you know, it, it stopped, but it started up again and it never, you know, you know, you're lining up, you know, when they say, all right, everyone line up, you know, at the start, it's, it's pouring, you know, and luckily it did slow down a little bit towards a light drizzle uh, during, but, you know, by the time we finished, it's raining, you know, again. And I was surprised because I expected that the rain would deter a lot of people away. And, you know, without having an official count, you know, I was 
really surprised that there seemed to be the same amount of people that was out last year. It wasn't like the course was, you know, thinner and it was easier and you didn't have to navigate through, you know, close to a thousand people. There were still a lot of people out there running in the rain. And it was, I enjoyed it. It was fun. Well, I mentioned this in so many instances, especially when I'm traveling and more oftentimes in the summer when people wonder, how can you keep your running or walking routine in Atlanta in July and August with the temperatures and the humidity? And I say, my goodness, if you've not spent time in this town, we prove so regularly we are the toughest group of runners and walkers anywhere on the planet. That's why the track club rightfully says it's Running City USA. This was on the flip side of that weather condition that oftentimes we get maybe some rightful praise of being super tough, super committed, and that's the cold and the rain. But here's the thing I'm going to bet, D2, I want you to comment on. I was in a different location altogether. I was supposed to run that morning with two friends of mine. They both bailed on a trail run in North Georgia. I went by myself with my dog, and I will tell you that getting out the door, although not easy to do, simply the right thing to do. And by the time I was finished, I was so pleased that I had done that. I got the sense, just hearing it in your voice, you felt that same sense of accomplishment as probably did other runners. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's funny because, you know, obviously it's it's raining, you're going to get wet, but, you know, a lot of people are also kind of concerned about their their shoes and trying to avoid puddles. And there is a section on the on the course that you do go off-road, per se. So right behind Park Tavern, it becomes a dirt path. So it becomes muddy and there's plenty of puddles and a lot of people were kind of stepping off the side trying to avoid, you know, stepping into the puddles because it was, you know, they didn't want to get their shoes dirty. And I just found that as a great opportunity, one, to kind of pass people, but also it was just very, you know, I just felt like a young kid, you know, just running and jumping through the puddles and not a care in the world and just kind of going, you know what, whatever, you know, it's raining, I'm wet, you know, it's cold, I'm going to get my shoes, you know, wet anyway, why not? cut through the middle of the puddles and, and just splash around a bit. So I enjoyed it. I, I, it was fun. I had a great run. I wasn't, it was a PR by any means, but it was a good consistent pace. And uh, I really enjoyed it. I had fun. Well, you had the full experience and listeners, if there is anything you can take to heart from D2 and I this year, especially as we head headlong into winter, it is this, that you will not come to the other side of your workout outdoors in any condition and not be glad that you did it. So the next time you want to stay inside or stay in bed, take what D2 just said to heart and get after it. You will be glad that you did. D2, one of the things we're going to get after in this episode is a conversation with one of our industry's brightest thinkers, and he is Carson Caprara. He's the Senior Director of Global Footwear for Brooks Running. The reason you know that we're having him is because he has so much to offer beyond just some innovation that gets injected into the Brooks Footwear portfolio. Here's the backstory for all of our listeners. He was in town recently as part of a project he's spearheading called Run Insights. In 2018, they have literally followed 500 runners and walkers home 
and into places they think about running and walking. And in this instance, they came to our store on Johnson Ferry Road in Marietta. They had this contraption that you and I both saw set up inside the store with some PVC pipe and plenty of curtains so that they could just drill deeply into the psyche and into the lifestyle of people who are thinking about their running and walking routine, the products they use, and the lifestyle they live. By the end of next year, they will have more than a thousand of these individualized insights that they will then use, not just for footwear, but for product development of all kinds, as well as other things that touch in to how they spend, whether it's marketing monies, whether it's resources affecting labs and other uh, locations where they are doing good work to churn out the best product and the best possibilities for all of us. It was super cool to have him in town, not just for footwear product geeks. For those of you who are fans of business planning and for those of you, whether in the home, in an office, in a group, in a school, in a collection of friends that know you have to continuously improve what you're doing, you will get a kick out of listening to what Carson is doing every single day. We're going to bring you the entire conversation unedited from our Marietta store right after this very brief message. It's been a long, hot summer, but cooler temps are finally here, and so are new fall run ATL shirts. We've got seven new fall styles and colors for both men and women. Look good and feel good with a soft, cotton-like material, but constructed with technical fabrics to wick moisture away so you can stay warm. Need something a little more casual? We've got some tri-blend shirts for that comfortable, casual look when you're just relaxing. These shirts are available at all seven Big Peach Running Company locations and online at BigPeachRunningCo.com. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. We have a special treat today, D2. This is very, very cool. Atlanta, as we always say, absolutely the capital of the South and the headquarters for running on this planet. And today, a special guest of ours has come to Atlanta, Carson Caprara. He is the Senior Director Global Footwear for our number one brand in running footwear. Most people do not care, but it is interesting, Dave, how many times people sometimes go, really, when we tell them that right now, based on unit sales, and has been the case for over two years, Brooks is the number one brand. More units of footwear sold at Big Peach Running Company for Brooks than any other brand currently. Now, that is always subject to change, Carson will tell us that I'm sure as well. He has to continue to work hard with his team. But Carson, it is awesome to have you here. You've done so much for our team, for our business, and for this industry to have you in studio is super cool. Welcome. Yeah, thank you so much. It's great to be here. Love Atlanta. Love your store. Been coming here for the last 15 years since you guys have been in existence. And it's uh, really cool to see what you guys have done here as well. Well, tell us first what brings you to town. You're working on some cool things that, of course, D2 and I have insight, but not everybody else does. And when I heard about this project, I thought, wow, not only do we need to schedule some time together, we got to let everybody else know what you're doing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's inter interesting because my, my role is over footwear, but I'm not here actually for footwear at all. We're here for uh, consumer insight work. And, you know, a big part of creating great shoes is really understanding deeply your consumer and uh, what matters to them and what uh, sort of barriers we can remove from them and their product and how to make their product uh, 
you know, kind of meet their needs. And so we're here doing a kind of impromptu study. Literally, we booked tickets about a week ago. Okay. And how was Atlanta selected? When you decided impromptu, how do you also decide to come to Atlanta? Well, I think, you know, we wanted to, to take over a store. We wanted to be able to kind of see consumers where they shop and, and where they interact with shoes. And uh, we, you know, the owners of Big Peach, you know, you and Steve and it, spending time with them and you guys have always been super open to being progressive and imagining the footwear wall differently, the running, uh, the runner experience and shopping for shoes differently. So it was a perfect match for us to kind of, you know, join forces and uh, take over part of the space and, and try some of these new ideas that we have. So it's super cool for us. And by the time this airs, everybody will have broken down and headed back from our store in East Cobb on Johnson Ferry. But they are doing some work and getting a chance to talk to our valued guests and people who they have invited in to give them, as Carson said, some insights. I thought at first, and this, of course, will be a memory by the time everyone hears this, but because the weather is so similar to Seattle, we are, for those of you who need this reminder, in the midst of the pre-Thanksgiving weather, it has done nothing but rain or drizzle since I think you and your team landed. Is this just like home? It has to be a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> I think the weather followed us down here. I mean, literally, this is Seattle weather. Yep. And so we're comfortable. We're right at home here. Apparently, everyone else is not at home. Everyone else is like, this is not Atlanta. Um, but we're, this, is, this is what we use, we're used to this time of year, uh, for sure. So before we have a chance to kind of look into the future with you, let's look to the past. Right now, Adrenaline GTS 19. It's been a shoe we've had. Since we opened, you mentioned the common history of 15 years with you and your time at Brooks. And of course, 15 years will be our marker in 2019. So we've always had the adrenaline. It's a stalwart of the industry, no question. And yet it is radically different than what it was like when we first had it. And even pretty different since the last version <laughs> with the version we now have in our stores. Yeah. There are a lot of our listeners that if they've not been a loyal adrenaline wearer, they've at least heard of that shoe or know someone perhaps who is wearing it. Right. Guardrails, totally new concept. Give us an indication of what that is and how you instituted it into the adrenaline. Oh man, it's been an eight year journey for us. So this is something, our brand does not put new technology in a shoe and take that lightly. Uh, it's been eight years of research that we, we led one of the largest prospective running studies in the history of the sport. Um, to try to figure out and understand coming out of the whole barefoot phenomenon, which impacted everyone in our industry, the way we look at shoes and running injuries, uh, we really wanted to understand the role that footwear plays in the run and in running biomechanics. And what we were surprised to find out that most of the research that had been done in support technology was 40 years old. And here we are trying to, you know, to understand, you know, what the, how, you know, natural motion and how we can bring that into running shoes. And we're relying on research that is completely dated. And no one was spearheading any new research. So there was no well to go dip into. So we had to take matters Either in our own inside hands. the manufacturers or even outside in the university setting, nothing was being done. And one thing I'll quickly yeah. do is I misspoke. I said guardrails, just yeah. to be absolutely clear, it is guide rails. Guardrails, D2 and I have done some leadership things. Yeah, and yeah, guardrails no, no. are fully <laughs> around our leadership idea. team during <laughs> annual planning to make sure we don't get off course, but guide rails, of course, is that technology. So no research was being done really anywhere that you could find. We couldn't find it. We couldn't find it anywhere. And in fact, the research that we had long relied on that we thought was actually pretty recent was it was it was dated research. And um, we, we were there. People were asking great questions around, you know, overpronation and some of these kind of, um, you know, these metrics that we were using to assess the human motion and running motion. 
And, uh, you know, people were saying, oh, you know, there's been no link between overpronation and, and running injuries. And I was like, no, that can't be true, you know. And so we go into all of the journals and, and it was true. There was no link. And so we did our own investigation and we're like, okay, we need to, re we need to reassess and understand what's really happening and, and the role that footwear plays in the body. And it started there, that journey. And that was a three-year, three to four-year study. What came out of that study changed us forever as a brand. Um, we were flipped upside down in terms of our logic. We had always thought that the role of the shoe was to fix a runner, fix the problems that you had. And what we actually found is the body will, will do whatever it wants to do. And the shoe is either going to inhibit it or it's going to work with it. And um, that was the idea of guide rails. It was born out of that kind of enlightenment, that kind of um, insight was that what's, we need to look at shoes kind of the opposite as, as how we've been looking at them in the past. Not about fixing what's wrong, but actually uh, empowering what is actually right. Well, and that's what I've seen in the overview when it talks about how it empowers your foot's natural range of motion. And the boldness that Brooks has shown here, like you said, you know, you've been looking at this for multiple years now. I've already indicated the leadership that you guys currently have in share and footwear at Big Peach Running Company. I know we're not unique in that in our channel of business. So you kind of say, wow, we're willing to perhaps put all that at risk. In addition, it's not like you've chosen this sub-tier model to try guide rails or you've elected to introduce a new shoe altogether. You take a flagship model and say, we're going for it. So now that you've done that, unpack what it means to empower your foot's natural range of motion. Yeah. You know, it's, it's essentially the body has an order of operations, you know, just like a math equation. You, know, you always kind of, in math, you would always solve inside the parentheses before you would go outside the parentheses, right? And the, and the body has this formula as well. And that's the number one thing we learned is that the body's primary role in running, there's two things. One is to keep the knee stable and to reduce shock to the knee, or sorry, the knee, the head. Okay. Um, impact to the head because you want to be able to obviously see and your brain needs to function. So your body is trying to limit the amount of impact forces to the head to 1G. Okay. And that is the primary role. Secondary role, and shortly thereafter, is actually the knee. And it's to keep the knee stable. And, and the knee, if you think about it in running, it's the most important joint in running. And in fact, most running injuries happen there. 50% of running injuries happen at the knee. And the knee is actually incredibly vulnerable because there's not a lot of localized um, soft tissue to keep it stable or to keep it moving in its, in, its, in its motion pattern. So the body will actually leverage the foot and the hip to keep the knee stable. And this is where the order of operations came in. In fact, a lot of the motion at the foot is positive motion because that motion is creating uh, the lever necessary to keep the knee in its natural motion pattern. And then what we learned was that every knee has its own natural motion pattern. Every individual Just is like the different. Foot. So it's similar as you kind of head up the head body up the and body. look at the lower body almost in its entirety. Totally. It, but the knee is the most important. The knee, because of that joint is so unique. It's like a, everyone has, it's like a key, right? Everyone has their own shape of the joint geometry that because of that, and the body wants that motion to be fluid, it will use the foot because the foot is so hypermobile, so many bones. It can, it, you know, it's, it's um, flexible and for a reason, the, it, it, the body can utilize the foot to shift the force vectors at the knee to keep the knee in this motion pathway. So if the shoe is not allowing that to happen, this is happening neurologically, subconsciously. The foot is proprioceptive. It knows what it's trying to do. It may not be effective at it all the time, okay. but it's, it's in, it's, it, its purpose is to try to keep that alignment. And so that's when we realized, okay, the shoe should complement that strategy rather than potentially fighting it. 
So D2, you have to be a footwear geek to have proprioceptive oh, yeah. <laughs> roll off your tongue. You asked me how well to do it. just did I should yours, Carson. Okay, so for the adrenaline and thinking about how many people in the past have been in, how many people we have put in as valued guests of Big Peach Running Company said, gosh, this could be the shoe for you. And in almost every instant, they said yes, and they've loved it. And many of them have come back and gotten version after version after version. In your words now, how is it best to determine Who's going to just absolutely embrace what you've done, either with guide rails or the adrenaline itself? You know, we the way we design the guide rail and the adrenaline is that the person who has had the adrenaline in the past, okay, there is going to be a quite a bit of familiarity in it. We have a lot of the the mechanisms in which we created support in that shoe still there. We're not pulling the whole carpet out, the whole rug out from under your foot. There's definitely still the medial firm material on the inside of the shoe. That should be very familiar. We think that the current uh, GTS wearer is going to like this even better. It should be a, a, a more holistic support system, a smarter support system, even more effective. So the body has to do less work. Okay, the body should relax more, allow the shoe to kind of uh, work with the foot and it should feel more comfortable. So I, we think our existing wearers are gonna be, it's gonna be a nice level up from the support system that they've had in the GTS for the last 15 years. Okay. Now, a new consumer may have had issues with their knees may have had some sort of um, pain in running. They haven't just really been able to find that perfect shoe Part of that, that works with their body. Part of that 50% that you mentioned earlier that somehow links back to a yes. knee discomfort or injury. Yes, okay. 50% is a big number. 50% Huge. of, and 50% is an important number because 50% of people have knee injuries mm -hmm. and 50% of runners get injured in a given year. So that's a lot of people. <laughs> and that's and a lot of knee injuries. People like us, I know what the percentage is that gets injured in a given year and then just tries to run through it. Yeah, that's me too. And maybe won't claim that they're injured. Right. So these are claimed injuries. Okay. Okay. That limit uh, the ability to run. And so we think the knee, it's a, it's a major issue and it hasn't fully been addressed in footwear. So this gives our team the opportunity yes. to bring the adrenaline to someone we might not have in the past. Exactly. And they, maybe they haven't had luck with the traditional support systems or uh, they've been looking for that shoe that maybe is, is, is they haven't found that perfect match. Um, we think this could be an opportunity for them to try something and maybe they find that. So let's talk about the perfect match for a second. Cause when we were together with some other team members of yours at the AJC Peachtree Road Race Health and Fitness Expo, we did some things around run signature. I know hugely important to you. You've been involved with that project at Brooks since the onset. For someone who may not have seen that activation at that expo, or maybe has not even heard those two terms, run and signature, together, mm -hmm. kind of give us an indication of what you're doing with run signature, maybe how it connects to guide rails, but certainly how it connects to Brooks's line of thinking. Yeah. Run signature for us is our software. The hardware is the, is the output of it. Um, it, it, it leverages it. But the software is, this is, our, this is what we believe is the future for, for uh, running motion. And running footwear and it's this idea that in it's and this is all coming from our research it's our the idea that every individual or every person is unique they have an individual motion pattern and it's as unique as our, our fingerprint or as our signature and so the idea is um, as we look in the future of technology and footwear we're going to be able to truly be able to uh, create bespoke custom personalized components of that shoe to your body and how your body moves so run signature is an evolution through the next 10 to 20 years of the industry. Okay. And it's starting to get us closer to understanding what is unique about your motion pattern, what is positive and great about your motion pattern, 
and beginning to take that information and figuring out which shoe best complements that. So it's really a philosophy of understanding who you are at, at, at a baseline and then how then a shoe rolls into that next. Rather than what we've looked at in the industry and through research is we put people into, into large buckets or groups. You are an overpronator, you're in neutral or these kind of big broad groups, but we haven't looked at you as an individual and what does your body actually want to do? Okay. And run signature is about really understanding that first. What is a positive motion for you as a runner? And then when we understand what that positive motion is, we can decipher when motion becomes negative. And the shoe should be about eliminating that negative motion or promoting more of that positive motion. Okay. But if we don't know what is positive for you in the beginning and understanding everyone is different, we're not uh, working with enough information. And so that's what this idea of strides or run signature is. It's about your stride and it's about your unique motion and understanding that. So you're doing what seems like yeoman's work to do <clears throat> two different things that will either be married together very quickly or that you'll consistently pair together. You're here in Atlanta, you mentioned, and for lack of a better phrase, doing consumer insights. You're learning more about what runners and aspiring runners want, not just from football or footwear, but in general. And then you've got this research that you guys are truly the tip of the spear. You're the ones who are out doing it. You're not just combing through research that others have done. So you've got the side that is indeed science. And then you have the side that is very much grounded in feedback that you're getting from the end users and those who are your target market, ours as well. How do you pull those two very distinct elements together and have it mean something to either the portfolio of shoes Brooks has or the work that your team in Seattle and around the globe is doing? It's, it's why we're here. It's okay. the most important thing we can do. It's because whenever you're leading and, and innovating and, and, and trailblazing in a space, it's very difficult to communicate that because everything is new. And if you don't have empathy for um, where people are today, where they've been, their history with products, they're not just gonna continue to jump on the new train. You have to bring them along at the right pace for each person. And so we have big ideas with Run Signature. We have big ideas with guide rails um, where we see it moving very quickly. But if we get out ahead of that and we, and we don't bring the consumer along, the runner along, and him understanding what the value of each of these iterations is, it's meaningless. And so we don't want to be so technical that we're not human-centered. And so it's really about, you know, we have to continue to push the science, but we have to also deliver it in a way that is comforting and also exciting. And so that is what that balance is. And that cadence of evolution of our products is the single most important thing that my team does is get that cadence of what people want, how new they want it, and how much they're willing to try something at the right cadence. And we get that from deep empathy, from, from spending time with runners on the shoe floor as they're putting shoes on their feet. You cannot get it anywhere else. So I know you cannot be the senior director of global footwear and the chief marketing officer all at the same time. So this might be an unfair question. I'll give you that as a premise. One of the things I've absolutely loved is what Brooks has done in the past with Run Happy. I mean, it speaks so much to a brand like Big Peach Running Company when we recognize we're not going to take ourselves that seriously. One of our core values, of course, is we take fun seriously. And you guys have just always gotten that. Not that Desi's performance in Boston this year or you know other elite athletes that you might have is not part of your overall approach to the market and telling people who you are and what you do. But you guys have also taken a different approach from a lot of your competitors in terms of saying, here's the bell curve. 
most of us are just trying to get the most out of our fitness routine. We're not trying to qualify for the Olympics. We're not even trying to win our age group necessarily every Saturday morning. How does Run Happy come alongside? The research you're doing, the consumer rights you're getting, even uh, insights you're getting even right now, as well as the science that you're finding with all the research you're doing. Well, you know, Run Happy is, is, is just a, a way of being in our brand. Uh, it's really about celebrating the individual, every person in their unique uh, relationship with running. We start there. You know, I think there may be other brands that start with the tip of the spear. They start with, start with the elite and they, and they may trickle down uh, technologies. I would rather bring the latest and most innovative technology to the everyday runner. Um, because at the end of the day, they're the people that inspire us. And so that's why we spend so much time with them. And Run Happy is our celebration of that inspiration. Um, it's knowing that, hey, we all run for different reasons and, and every run is as meaningful as the next. And it's amazing how we spend so much time with runners and many runners are reticent uh, or, or many times won't come out and say they're a runner. And yet they're running a lot and, and, sure. and, and they're, they're, they're as much of a runner as anybody I've ever met. And, and so, but there's this, there's a kind of a, a reticence to really accept that and embrace that. And, and we want to embrace everyone's way of running and start there and bring innovation at that level. Not, oh, it's with unaccessible innovation and maybe over time you can get a distilled version of that. Um, we want to bring that to every day. And, and so Run Happy is our way of kind of celebrating that, that it's about you as in, in your run, not the right way to run or, or, or an ultra elite way to run. Well, I love the term celebration. <clears throat> and we say somewhat jokingly, I believe, I believe there's a lot of seriousness that comes with this, that the world is really divided into three types of people. Everyone falls in to one of these classes, people who like to run, people who would like to run and people who would like to like to run. And everybody falls into one of those, but who you're speaking to and how you speak to them matters significantly. And then when you think about celebration, that applies to all. Yes. No matter where we fall on that spectrum, all of us should find reason to celebrate. Even if it's just getting one quarter of a mile further tomorrow than what we did today. The other thing that's been so impressive over the last few years, especially, is Brooks has not just said, well, we have a couple of powerhouse models. We already talked about the adrenaline. I would certainly put the ghost. When I even say ghost, I know we have a lot of listeners who are like, that's my shoe. That is my shoe. That's the one I look for all the time. We think about the glycerin. There are certainly models that I could rattle off that would immediately connect. But more recently, the Levitate, the Bedlam. And now we hear about the Genesis. So you guys are not just saying, well, we're only going to make our existing flagship models better. We're also going to introduce new models with new things to be excited about. Tell us about your approach to these introductions and when you introduce a new footwear model, what is behind it all? Yeah, it, well, the runner's behind everything. And as we learn more about runners and we see gaps in our line, we fill them. And again, it starts with a reason some people run. And, and what we find is, you mentioned kind of your framework of thinking about how people look at running. We see uh, something very similar where some people, uh, the run is maybe the hardest part of their day, um, but the benefits of that run last them the entire day. <laughs> so okay. true, yep. And then you have people that they look forward to their run all day and the run is the best part of their day. And they don't want the run to be over, you know, because that's their time and that's their um, moment of stress relief or, or a time to think or whatever it may be, or maybe their only me time. Those two if you take just very big kind of swaths of people, uh, look at their footwear completely differently. And um, somebody who's really wanting to be in that moment, they may want that shoe to eliminate every single distraction from their me time. 
So the way I'm, we're going to build a shoe and we're going to brief a shoe is really about taking out all the noise, any sort of impact, any sort of kind of irritation, everything. That gives us a, a vision for a shoe and a product. The other person, it may be about um, you know, getting through that run so they can get all of these spoils and the delight after. Well, how can the shoe be more active? How can the shoe give back more of what you put in so that that run is easier? It's more fun. Uh, it's less of a kind of a, um, you know, a struggle, if you will, to get to the end. That is a very different vision of a shoe. Okay. Okay. And so I think as we start to be inspired by the by every everyday people who run, we see opportunities to create a, create a shoe solution that can emotionally connect with why they run and then physically uh, connect with them as well. And, and what we found is two shoes can't do that. Uh, and no we matter how good they are. No matter how good how they are. How many units Big Peach Running Company sells, two is not enough. Two is not enough. More ways to serve yes. the runner. I, you know, two, two, is, two is amazing. I mean, we have two great franchises that have done incredibly well. Mm-hmm. But there are millions of runners. And uh, we, we wish we could have a million different shoes for the way you want to run and what, how you want that shoe to interact. The reality is we can't. And the reality is your wall has a, has a finite space. So we try to get as many shoes on there that offer different experiences and a different emotional connection, even aesthetically, to the consumer that we possibly can within our limitations. And uh, eventually we see that the shoe wall will be able to evolve beyond uh, that. And so we have to prep for when we have an ability to make your shoe, okay? And, And the franchise is your name. And that is not as far away as we think, you know? And so we are beginning to start to move from a very traditional franchise model into an ability to become more and more personalized in what your experience is in the future. So let's take our listeners into the future then. And one of the things that I think we share is our desire to be on the cutting edge without completely falling over and and not being able to, to climb back up when we make a mistake. But whether it is what we're doing today and, and perhaps something that we'll be doing in the very new, near future with Run Signature inside our store, say, gosh, let's give this a shot. Let's see how it works in this market or at retail or in and around the footwear category. We're doing some things collaboratively with another brand that I know you guys have as neighbors in the Northwest with Superfeet and one of our stores already in Alpharetta. We have FitStation that's gonna lean into, I know, in the very near future, a model called the Genesis that is part of the Brooks portfolio. What is it that people should expect, whether it's walking into a Big Peach Running Company or another store you enjoy collaborating with in a different market, around things like RunSig, FitStation, new models, how people would shop for their favorite product? What should things look like to them, whether it's in six months or three years? Well, um, it's going to be, let me, let me cast a, let me cast a line a little farther out. Let's say maybe five or 10 years. Okay. That'll be the 25th anniversary then for yes. Big Peach Running Company at that point. So here we go. We get a chance to look what our 25th anniversary celebration will look I'll like. I'll be wrong, but I'll take a step. <laughs> I'll take You'll a step. You'll still be invited to the big celebration. Great. Great. And I, I think Big Peach will become an incredible experience. Uh, it already is, but it will continue to evolve into this really personalized experience. You know, Right now, you go on websites, and websites are personalizing around you. Uh, Netflix, great example. Netflix personalizes. It learns about you every time you click anything on that website, and it begins to cater. And into the fact where if you go over to a friend's house and open up their Netflix, you, don't, you can't even recognize it. And you like, i got to get back to my Netflix so I can kind of you know, um, navigate what I like again. Well, I think foot, running footwear will start to take on that same um, 
ability and the running shoe store will be that curation uh, through your individual journey starting with you and your preferences your history the way your body uh, has changed or evolved over time this is going to be a relationship that could last you your entire running life and big peach is that hub for that and that data is stored and that data evolves and that data then is utilized to um, evolve your footwear at the same rate as you and so the hub is you come in here and you're in a virtual there's virtual um, platforms where you're interacting with all of your biometrics you know exactly how your form has changed from one year to the next or with your running behaviors or training for a marathon big peach will know that and be able to put those inputs into your shoe for that next round and instantaneously you know voila the shoe ends up at your house the next morning uh, and your name is engraved on it or etched into it or something and there's no other shoe in the world um, that is that like that shoe well that is super cool and it's a great vision for us and i love the fact that you referenced netflix one of my favorite corporate entities to kind of watch and the way they've pivoted their business over the course of time. But even more importantly, you know, we're not talking about the kind of change. Well, is your email address the same as it was when you made the purchase you did six months ago? We're looking at, is the alignment in your body the same? Is the amount of mileage or perhaps the end goal for this quarter or this year the same? And taking that data yes. and driving it in to truly customize footwear, not just biomechanically, but to your point, maybe even visibly where it has something that's meaningful to you on the upper, whether it's your last name or a favorite saying or a team that you tend to cheer for on occasion. Yes. Very, very cool. We'll look forward to that. Okay. One of the things that I know our listeners would want to know is more about you. When you hear senior director, global footwear, you hear footwear geek, you see how easily proprioceptive rolls off your tongue. There are people like, how do you get a gig like that? How do you end up in this position, getting a chance to do the things you're doing, whether it's around the consumer insights, whether it's casting a vision for the future, whether it's guide rails and run sig, give us a little bit of background and anybody who's like, man, could that ever be me or somebody who I know would have interest in it? What would you suggest they think about? Well, let me start by saying I was that person who would ask that question. Dream job, right? <laughs> Dream like job. You Absolutely. are living the occupational dream. Yes. You and I both. Yeah. <laughs> It's a it's amazing thing when you when you when you get to live that and I'll never forget uh, I walked into a running store in Austin Texas I was 16 years old and um, I walked in and I started I started running cross country and track when I was a freshman sophomore in high school uh, before that I played all sorts of other sports but I fell in love with running immediately so I wanted to be around running so I went into the local running store it's called Runtex in Austin Texas and um, I went in and I met this guy by the name of Paul Carosa. And he was the owner of the store yeah, sure. and one of the most charismatic people I ever met. And, um, I thought there was zero chance he would ever hire me, but I, I thought I'd just give it a shot. Yep. He immediately came in. He goes, uh, what are you here for? And I said, you know, I'm looking for a job. And he goes, he goes, well, what are you interested in? And I said, running, you know, and, and shoes. And I'm just intrigued by the whole thing. And he's like, he's like, well, go in here, sign some papers and we'll, we'll get you on the floor. And it was like that easy. And that was the moment where, um, I knew that's what I wanted to do. It was crazy that moment. I didn't know how. Yep. I didn't know what to study. In fact, I studied, I went to school for aerospace engineering, not knowing what, I thought I was gonna be a pilot, but I, I didn't know what, there was no field, there's no degree field for being a footwear a product manager. So I'm like, okay, well I'll do that because I'm interested in planes, you know? Um, but I was always at my roots, so intrigued by footwear. And what I loved about footwear was the, the, the merging of the human motion, running mechanics and geometries. 
of a shoe. And I, got, I saw so many feet over my time working in running stores. Thousands, I fitted thousands of feet and I would see so many different um, configurations of feet and shoes. And it was amazing to me which ones worked and which ones didn't. And for some people this worked, for some people that didn't. And I was able to kind of, I had this, this kind of vision of, wow, it would be amazing if, if you know, we did this and that to a shoe for that person. And people thought I was nuts. I would draw stuff on whiteboards and like, hey, what if we did this and this? They're like, dude, you're, you're really weird. <laughs> but I was just, I was enamored by it. And so uh, from there, I wanted to get into a, a footwear company because I, I didn't know, you know, I didn't have credentials to be the head of footwear or do anything in footwear, but I was like, give me some job. And I took a job with Brooks at that time, okay. 14 years ago. And uh, it was as a tech rep in the Florida territory. I didn't know anybody in Florida. I packed everything into a U-Haul, drove my camera, pulled a, a U-Haul with my Camry <laughs> out to uh, Florida and started going into stores there. And my job was to train the staff on in stores about Brooks. And it was amazing because it was what I loved. I loved being able to show how shoes and geometries could match to an individual. And so I would just go and train staff on how to fit. And, um, and I just started seeing more and more. I just had so many inputs, so many consumers, so many associates and so many different uh, things to be inspired by with footwear and people that I just immediately was like, okay, I got to get into footwear. I just took telling Brooks, please, if you have a footwear job, I will do anything. I will do anything. I will lace the shoes, but let me have a chance. And so after about uh, four years, I got an opportunity to move over into footwear, uh, from, from the field. And it was amazing because I was so thankful for the time I spent in the field as a tech rep, because I got so much in, uh, interaction with consumers, with runners that I was filled up to the brim to go into footwear and start building solutions, uh, ideas. And so I went over and I had so many that they had to kind of slow me down. I'm like, can we do this, 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 and I'm like, no, actually we can't do any of that. Maybe we can do one of those things. And so it was just, uh, it just came out of me. And so as I started to be able to have these opportunities, um, some of them started to check, some of them started to work in shoes. And, uh, so you started to, to resonate and, and I got more and more opportunities to try more of these ideas and I'm still trying some of them today. Uh, but that's really how it worked and it's just been a passion and that passion came through in the product and because of that, fortunately runners liked it and it gave me this opportunity. Well, I will tell you, there is some career coaching in that answer and it's awesome for us to hear. It's very heartwarming to hear somebody when they say, well, I, just, I walked into a running store, it was an interest, I was willing to do what ever it took to get more closely aligned with a product and quite frankly, a lifestyle where I had the interest. You dive, drive to Florida, you don't know anybody there. You're willing to do the work that you know isn't going to immediately lead to a dream job or perhaps even a dream week doing whatever it is that you're doing. And, and now you're doing very much what you kind of had your eyes set on back when you were in Austin working with Paul. That's very cool. And I think it shows that hard work does indeed continue to pay off. We've had a segment, three questions, where we actually had your chief executive officer, Jim Weber, on this very podcast. And one of the things I said to Jim when we did that segment, and I believe is very true to this day and what I believe is a somewhat secure future for brands who think the way that Brooks does, it's an awesome place to work because of the culture. It'd be really easy to have you in the chair right now with the audience and get a chance to say, well, here's why Brooks makes better footwear or why our research ultimately is going to prove to be so much more valuable than anything that our competitors are doing. But I think it would be remiss for us not to talk about the culture at Brooks because it's not just the shoes. It's not just a team member or two a, or a dream job that you might have. It's far more than that. 
And if somebody was only having done this for a couple of years, I don't think they would be able to provide real insight. But if I said to you, I think Brooks has a world-class culture, I wouldn't doubt that you would agree with me. But I'm gonna ask you to validate why you believe that's true. Give you the opportunity to tell people a little bit about who Brooks is as an organization, not just as a footwear and apparel manufacturer in and around the sport of running. Yeah, I th it's a great question. Um, and I think about it a lot. I think about it as I build um, our footwear team and uh, I work you know, with uh, cross-functionally through the, run the Runner Insight uh, lab that we've been working on. Culture is so important. Um, you know, I think it comes from focus, um, shared goals. I think across the organization. Yeah, across right. the organization. I think it's a very focused goal. You know, I, Brooks, when we started doing well, it was about 15 years ago, and it was when we narrowed our focus. We were so broad. We were making, uh, we were making, uh, we made baseball cleats, and no one will ever remember <laughs> them. I think we have a picture of them up in the office. The only way we remember it. <laughs> Um, we, we made, you know, subpar basketball shoes. We made barbecue shoes, they call it, you know, Jim always likes to talk about that. Um, and there was not a lot, there was not a lot of focus. And when you don't have focus, it's hard to harness passion and it's hard to have shared interest because everyone kind of has a different nuance or different thing that they're passionate about, but it's not really shared. And when it's not shared, you can't build on it. Um, what Jim did when I think he has so much to do with our culture, when he came in as a CEO, he said, look, we're going to narrow our focus. We have always been pretty good at running. We haven't been that great at anything else. You know, we, we've survived other things, but we weren't great at it. And we've always really liked it. Let's do this and let's do it right. And, and we got rid of three quarters of our product line. Huge risk. Um, we, we, we cut our profits um, almost in half to be able to do that. To focus on running specifically. And to this day, 15 years later, it is our only focus. Running. And I'm not sure, um, you know, other brands, you have, you have a lot of focus. It's very difficult to maintain culture. But for us, because of that hyper-focus on the sport of running and runners and everyday runners, that, uh, that has propelled the culture that we have today. And so it is shared interest. It's empathy um, because we, we care so deeply about our, our single uh, uh, sport consumer. And, uh, and then from there, culture, um, culture comes out of, the willingness and the, and the desire and the passion to, to create solutions for that consumer. Well, I will tell you as a runner, as a business owner, and someone who is just a fan of those who are as entities or individuals doing things right, our hat is off to you, to your team, and to the Brooks organization. We appreciate all you're doing this week included. Sorry we couldn't get you a little bit of sunshine on your trip down to the south perhaps next time. Thanks for joining us, Carson. We really appreciate it. We'll look forward to spending some time with you today. Do not go anywhere. We'll be right back after this brief break. Shopping for a runner can be difficult, but Big Peach gift cards make it a whole lot easier. They're perfect for birthdays, holidays, or any occasion to show you support a healthy and active lifestyle. Gift cards are also perfect for the workplace as an incentive, reward, or thank you for a job well done. Big Peach Running Company gift cards are available at all seven locations and online at bigpeachrunningco.com. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast in true holiday spirit, D2. That was a gift to have Carson in town and obviously be able to dive deep with him into some of the things he's doing and that ultimately we'll all get a chance to do together in and around this market. That puts me in the holiday spirit Thank you again, Carson, for being part of the fun. 
And speaking of Carson, we ha- we know of a Jared Carson that we'd like to at least give a little shout out. Nice segue, D2. That is so true. In fact, our friend J-Rock, Jared Carson, a longtime team member of ours, we had a couple of episodes recently where we talked about our best business asset. That certainly includes people who made big contributions at Big Peach Running Company, and now we're doing other things. I think we say proudly that there is very unlikely another retailer who has put more people in the industry with our manufacturing partners. I don't think there's a major brand who does not have a Big Peach Running Company alum at their headquarters or in the field with their brand right now, and certainly many of the accessory brands now have team members of ours. And maybe J-Rock, Jared Carson, is living, running proof that they don't work nearly as hard as they do when they're with us. He was in Sacramento this past weekend, as you know, D2, California International Marathon, and he is coming back to Atlanta, at least in 2020, because J-Rock, if you're listening, we are so proud to call you a qualifier for the Olympic trials in the marathon. Well done. He ran D2 sub 218. Now, he was running fast when he was part of our team. He won Big Peach Sizzler a couple of times in the other local races. He performed very capably, but he was not in Olympic trial shape, nor was he running 217 high when he also had the workload here in Atlanta. No, I mean, I remember, you know, first of all, he's, he's one of the smartest people I know, primarily because he hired me. Oh, I didn't realize that. I'd forgotten that he was your hiring manager and then with us a decent amount of time, ultimately went to ASICS, is now with Nike and living in Portland with his wife, who was also an alumni of Big Peach Running Company and is in the industry. But uh, I had forgotten about that little tidbit. For those of you who know J-Rock or Jared Carson, there's your update. We'll have to have him perhaps on our podcast sometime in 2019, see what it takes to do that kind of training alongside a workload that I'm sure Nike expects on their campus. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a, yeah, I mean, I remember, you know, having just started and I believe he placed second at the Publix half marathon. Um, So yeah, I mean, he's got, he's, he's always been very competitive, you know, and for anyone here in in Atlanta, probably, you know, refer to them, you know, because he's got a twin brother. You know, Josh. So yes. it's like the Carson brothers, another Carson alumni. twins. Yep, another alumni. So it'll be uh, it'll be great to, to to see him and to cheer him on in 2020. I'm looking forward to it. Very, very cool. But first things first, we're still in the midst of our holiday episode, D2. I have a game for you. I don't know what we call this. I have written down a number of holiday-esque expressions that I am going to give to you. I want you than to tell me and our entire audience what comes to mind after I regale you with these various holiday expressions. Are you ready, my friend? Sure. So some word association. Oh, that's a better way to term this. Word association. Here comes your first one. Okay. Baby, it's cold outside. So my first thought is we've got these brand new Run ATL hoodies that, uh, you know, we've had hoodies in the past, but this is a full zip hoodie. Um, and it's a midweight, so it's perfect for the, that push run. I mean, I wore it after the belt line because it was chilly. You know, it was cold, obviously, because of the rain. So once I dried off, I put this on, and it was, I was comfortable. It felt great. So it's a full zip hoodie. It's a, a nice medium weight. We've had some very lightweight type stuff that you can run in, and this is a, a medium weight that 
you could certainly run it. It's a technical piece, but it's perfect for that post-run, you know, you know, going to get, you know, coffee, brunch, whatever, just lounging around. It's comfortable. The uh, One of the nice benefits is it does have the, the thumb holes in the sleeves. So, you know, you know, you don't have to wear gloves. You can kind of, you know, cover your arms a little bit, your hands, uh, and stay warm. So, yeah, that's that's uh, something new that just arrived last week, and they're available uh, both online and at all of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations. Yes, check that out. Looks really good, as you and I both know already. Very comfortable, very fashionable. Sometime we'll have to take a poll on whether thumb holes have a role on a garment like that. You and I both subscribe to the usage of those thumb holes, and it's in that garment. Next, Ord Association for UD2, my holiday expression is dashing through the snow. So that would be, I would say, the Jingle Bell Run that is, you know, sticking with that holiday theme, uh, December 15th. Uh, it'll be at 9 a.m. at SunTrust Battery Park. So this is uh, uh, a great race uh, that is uh, held by the Arthritis Foundation. So it's a great fundraiser, and it's a, it, you know, they encourage everyone to kind of dress up and holiday attire, you know, so show up as an elf, show up as, you know, Santa suit, whatever you want, and just have a great time um, at this, uh, at this race at, uh, and, uh, yeah, it's at SunTrust Battery Park, so, you know, it's a great venue. Awesome venue, not too many races there, and this is a really unique opportunity. You may not remember, and the reason that I thought about this word association, last year, this event actually was canceled because of snow on that very day. So whether you're dashing through the snow literally or not, you're absolutely dashing for a good cause in a terrific venue. So make plans to be there. You can certainly get more information at bigpeachrunningco.com looking at the race listing. Last one, D2, as we continue our own holiday word hustle here, the stockings were hung by the chimney with care. So, um, you know, obviously I think with the holiday and holiday shopping, I think, you know, right now it's, uh, you know, people need ideas for, for gifts. And I think, you know, gift cards always make a, a great, uh, it's a great idea and a great suggestion, especially if you don't know a particular size or exactly what they, you know, what they want to you know, as far as a brand or their fit, you know, as far as shoes. So gift cards are always a great option. We also have a promotion um, right now that will run through the end of the year. And basically it's like, if you spend $200 or more, you will get a free gift card. So the, uh, you know, if you spend uh, $200, you'll get a $40 gift card. If you spend $225 and up, you'll get $45. So it'll be for every $25 of increments, you'll increase by, you know, a $5 increment in a free gift card. So starting at $200, you get a $40 gift card. So uh, I think it's a great, uh, a great deal. We've done it in the past, and it's always very popular with, uh, with our guests. Uh, and it's our way of giving back, you know, this holiday season. That's awesome. And so many terrific stocking stuffers, of course, at Big Peach Running Company, that being one of the most popular. D2, we are going to take a little bit of a holiday hiatus. This is our last episode in 2018. It will be 2019 before you know it. As you know, this episode releases in somewhat early December. We would normally have an episode that then releases on Christmas Eve with the cadence that we keep. We're going to take that time to ourselves and with our families. And as a result, our first episode back will be on January 7th. Before we close, I think it would only be fair to give everyone a preview of what 2019 holds for the Run ATL podcast. Yes, I mean, we are... Uh... 
we, you know, we've got some great suggestions. Um, we did uh, solicit some ideas, and and we are taking those into consideration. And we are reaching out to some guests that were um, you know suggested. So you know, one of the ones that uh, we already have lined up um, is uh, Bart Yasso, and uh, and then uh, Kerry Tollefson. So we've got a couple. We're we're expanding outside of the Atlanta area. Maybe getting a, a individuals that are maybe a, a little um, you know better known outside and maybe nationally known. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I mean, it should be exciting to uh, get to meet these individuals, uh, even if it's via Skype, um, and bring their interviews and their stories uh, to our listeners. I agree with that, and it will be really really cool in that these individuals we choose to be our featured conversation. And we may do it every episode or we may choose to do it most episodes. But what we will not do is stray from our responsibility to inform and inspire, to encourage and to empower through this medium. I've gotten to know Bart over the last few years. For those of you who do not know him, he is the chief running officer for Runner's World magazines. He refers to himself and many others rightly refer to him as the mayor of running. Such an awesome, awesome attitude and a great way to start a new year with encouragement and experience from him. D2, I do not want to be remiss in just simply saying thank you to you for all you've done to bring this broadcast to life and to improve it seemingly with every episode this year. So much thanks to you, my friend. And of course, I know you share my sentiments of deep appreciation for our listenership and all of those who help us get better at what we do and what we have the prospects of doing. So happiest of holidays to all of you out there. May your best miles continue throughout the holiday season to be those covered on foot.